Okay, it is Wednesday, April 16th, and I suppose this is my first official podcast recording. Uh, Last week, I decided to play with a nap and do a little introductory recording where I talked about um, how I'm thinking about doing a podcast and all of that good stuff. And, uh, since that time I published it and it's, it's up and, you know, no one's listened to it yet. I haven't told anybody that it's out there yet. Um, but it's out there and I thought about it all week long about how I would, uh, record a second episode in a week's time to talk about the things that had happened since, uh, that since last week and the idea still has a novel feel to me. So I think, uh, well, anyways, here I am. I'm recording my second episode, which is like my first episode, which is going to be my first episode because this one will actually have substance in it. So um, it's been quite a week. Uh, last Wednesday, uh, after I had had my little introductory recording, I got online and the whole internet, the whole world was a buzz about the first photograph of a black hole ever. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like a, a news story that even if you're not into science, even if you're not into astronomy, um, it's a big enough story where everybody shared it. People were sharing the article and making claims about whatever and then the memes started once once a news story becomes a memeable viral event that's when it becomes something that just everyone in the world's talking about so first photograph ever of a black hole and uh, after the memes started making their rounds and some of them were pretty funny um news came out that uh, a scientist named Katie Bowman Bowman? Katie Bowman? uh, was... Well, the story was that she was the scientist responsible for the thousands of lines of code that resulted in the first photograph of a black hole. And that was news that was... I was happy to share um, when I saw that message on Twitter, I believe, you know, because it was all this talk about the black hole, black hole, and someone was like, hey, but like, here's the scientist who figured it out. And it's a really cute photo that was circulating with that news. Uh, Katie was like, like happy and surprised. And she had her hands in front of her face because she was so happy. Apparently, that was the the moment that she had figured out the calculations or the scientific code or whatever she did um, to make the photograph possible. And I was happy enough with that information. That's all I needed to know. Celebrating um, such a scientific achievement was great in and of itself. But the fact that a young female scientist was at the forefront of of this discovery, of this advancement, um, was really, really cool for me and for many people, I think. Then, of course, because we can't ever have nice things, uh, 
this smear campaign started going around about saying that she wasn't the scientist who did the most work, that there was a man, a male scientist somewhere who did even more thousands of lines of code, and he's actually the one who should get the credit for the discovery and all this other baloney. Um, so, so then that happened. Um, but ultimately, as anyone with two brain cells in their head can realize, that these types of scientific discoveries are not the sole rest solely on the work of one person, whether it be female or male. Um, things like this are usually um, attributed to a team of scientists, and I am happy to give all of my love and praise to Katie Bowman for her achievements, and I'm very happy that she had a team of men helping her, or she was w- helping a team of men or whatever. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, scientific advancement has resulted in the first photograph of a black hole. Katie Bowman was one of the integral uh, scientists who led to that discovery. She's my hero, as are all the other female scientists who usually go uncredited, who usually pass through the annals of history un- unknown because you know, in this patriarchal society, men get all the credit for everything. But anyways, enough about that. Black Hole, big news of the day last Wednesday. Um, On Thursday, uh, the big news was Julian Assange, the man behind WikiLeaks, was finally arrested after he was ejected from the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Uh, And you know, as with these kinds of stories, there's so much stuff that goes back and forth about what happened and why and all this. It's really hard to sort through and know what to believe, especially in this age of outright lies being reported as truth. Um, But according to, I believe, the Ecuadorian president, um, Assange had worn out his welcome. He had been, I don't know, his hacker people had been hacking into the Ecuadorian president's phone or his family's phone and leaking photos or something. And there's, he, he, the president even went so far as to say that Assange was smearing feces on the wall or something like that. In any event, Assange, uh, who, who is heralded by some, by many, as a hero because he hacked into, like, government secrets here in the U.S. and exposed all of these, uh, you know, these crimes that the government has done or whatever. Um, and all of that's well and good, sure. You know, exposing the crimes of, of the government is, at the heart of it, like, a noble thing. But Julian Assange is by far not a, a noble man. Um, I mean, I have many opinions about all of the, the terrible things that this man has done, especially with the um, with the information that he stole and used against, you know, people like Hillary Clinton um, and has remained completely silent in exposing the crimes or or the lies of like other other male politicians or I mean it's one thing to be like this Robin Hood where you steal from the rich and you give to the poor 
But essentially, if you're just doing it for your own agenda, if you're just doing it to um, use this information against people you don't like and not being completely transparent across the board, I mean, to me, that's complete bullshit. And this man definitely had an agenda and his agenda was shitty and he managed to remain out of the clutches of the law for a very, very long time, and all of that is over. Uh, I remember the video of him being dragged out of the uh, uh, embassy, you know, looking like Rip Van Winkle had woken up after sleeping for 100 years, was, you know... I'm not going to say it's a sweet sight. I mean, like, honestly, I don't really love the idea of anyone getting dragged away. But, you know, the time to pay the piper, you know, he lived, you know, pretty well, high on the hog, you know, safe from punishment for many, many years. And he had to have known his time would be up. Um, anyone who is so interested in the advancement of, you know people like Vladimir Putin and Russia and all of that. Like, these are not our (laughs) friends. These are our enemies. And, you know, anyone who allies themselves with people who are diametrically opposed to what I think American ideals should be are, are not our friends. So whatever, Julian Assange, we'll see what happens, uh, to you. Um, (laughs) once you have your day in court and who knows what's going to happen people at this level usually never tend to be truly punished but we'll see we'll see what happens from from this i i honestly have never been you know a big proponent of like this kind of news story yes it's very important yes i like to stay informed and yes i like to read as much as i can to know what's going on but, you know, these, these kinds of things are just like, it's a news story that everyone's talking about. Yes, I'm aware of it. I have my opinions. Everyone else has their opinions. And I guess we move on. Um, the other thing, I mean, you know, Tuesday or Thursday, Thursday, last Thursday was not a very exciting day. Uh, but that night, um, I went to a concert here in L.A., um, I saw this band called Wiccaface Springs Eternal, which is a band that I first heard about like two years ago, maybe three years ago, when a buddy of mine, um, Kelly, he and I were PAing on a show together right about this time two years ago. Um, it was a true true crime recreation series called The Coroner for Investigative Discovery. Uh, one of the first shows I worked on. I think it was only the second show I worked on, if I think about it. Um, and Kelly wore this shirt that said Wicca Phase Springs Eternal, and I was like, oh, cool, Wicca, you're a witch, or you're into that, and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, but no, but this is a band, this is the band's name, and I was like, oh, cool. And I remember thinking, that's such a cool name. I had no idea what the band was about, but I loved the t-shirt. See, folks, and this is why repping your favorite band on a t-shirt or on a sticker on your laptop or whatever. Like this is where that stuff really comes in handy because I had no idea about this band. I didn't know anything about them, but my friend was wearing the shirt. 
I thought the shirt was cool. I thought the band name was cool. And I checked them out. So, Wiccaface, Brings Eternal, like this band, it's actually a one man band. Um, Adam something. I can't remember his last name. But he, uh, and, you know, I've read some articles where he's been credited with the creation of trap emo, which is basically like beats, like rap beats. Um, trappy beats with like this kind of melancholy, deep voiced singing, I guess, singing, rapping. And it's not, it's not the type of thing that I normally would be into. Um, I love pop music. I love beats. I love dancing. And I also love like dark, gothy music. But the two of them together, sounds like it could be kind of weird but it actually kind of works and for me I'm I do like this band um it reminds me a little bit of um the witch house music that came out um maybe 10 years ago now um this band Salem which does this like horror horror trap rap music you know called witch house the genre is called witch house or grave rave or whatever it's these bands that used to spell their names with like symbols like crosses with you know three crosses um i think salem uses a four as their a in their name so it's like salem but it's stylized with a four instead of an a um just you know (laughs) it's what the kids are into it's what like it's like new new-ish music and you know I'm a creature of habit I talk about this all the time I could spend the whole rest of my life listening to just the decades and decades of music that I already know and love and it's hard for me to find new bands to get excited about because you know I love the music I already love and if I don't love something new I kind of discount it right off the bat or, you know, if I make a concerted effort to listen more and more and to explore more, I have a chance to like new music. Um, so it's hard for me to find new bands. So when I find a new band that I really like, I I tend to jump all over it. So anyways, um, Wick of Face Brings Eternal played a show here in LA at the Echoplex. And I went and I probably was, if not the oldest, one of the oldest people there because there's a bunch of kids. But the kids were super into it. The band, the, the, the show was really great. Adam, the Wicca phase guy, was great. Um, he was really, really um, thankful to the audience and he kept being very thankful. And I looked around and the Echoplex is, you know, decently sized small venue and it was only like half full. But everyone who was there was super into it. And I can appreciate an artist who really appreciates that his fandom is, you know, loyal. You know, they came out, they were singing along with him. You know, you could tell which songs were more popular because everyone was singing and arms up and all that kind of stuff. And it's fun. Like, it, it, it's things like that that remind me why I really love going to concerts. These are experiences that, I mean, literally, it's once in a lifetime. I mean, you can see a band many, many times over the years. You can even see them many times over the same, in the same tour. But every night is going to be unique. Every night is going to be different. And I try to take a moment at at least, you know, at least one little moment every time I see a show to just take it in and be like, wow, like... I love this band, or even I like this band, or this band is at least interesting to me. And to just stand around and see how everyone else who really, really loves them are really, really into it. 
and how they're singing and laughing and the smiles on their faces and just close your eyes and take it in. Like, I love that. That's what I love about going to shows. And I go to shows as often as I can. I often say that, you know, with my last two dollars, I'll probably buy a concert ticket to see a show because, you know, I love music and I really love live music and I really love the experience of being at a concert. Um, So I had a really great time at that show, not because I was the biggest fan ever, not because I knew every single song, but because I really was in the moment and, you know, I had a good time. It was a really, really good show. Um, so I highly recommend Wicca Face Springs Eternal. You should check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, on Friday, we had some Britney news. And there have there has been some Britney Spears. I mean, no, there haven't been any developments. But there have been new rumors, which I will get to. So on Friday, um what is purported to be the original version of the Make Me video from her last album, Glory, was leaked to the internet. And as soon as it leaked, you know, all the stands went crazy, you know, for it. And I saw it as soon as I could, because when these things make their way online, they tend to get taken down. Um, So I watched it, and I was like, you know, whatever. I could see, you know, a lot, there's a lot of people were saying that they're glad that that wasn't the video that was used because it looked like a porn shoot. Like she was super naked and it was too sexy or not sexy enough or whatever. Um, there was a body double people are saying or something. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't super impressed with what I saw. It was fine. I think that the video that came out, I wasn't crazy impressed with that one either, but, um, so yeah, so the video leaked, uh, everyone was all astir, and, you know, it reminded everybody, you know, Brittany, Brittany, where's Brittany, and all of this. Cut to yesterday, I think it was yesterday, or it might have been late, late Monday, but for sure yesterday, all over social media, um, there's this new rumor report, and I even, I even hesitate to mention it here because it's a completely unsubstantiated report, quote-unquote report, and the shittiest sites are picking up on it now and reporting it as as if it's some kind of thing to give credence to. I don't necessarily give it any credence whatsoever, and that's not to say that it's not true, but, you know, people just want to believe the worst of everything, so when a really terrible or sad story comes out, people just glom onto it and like, oh my god, this must be what's going on, this must be what's going on when there's zero evidence, like I could make up a complete lie right now and it could, you know, take off as like a story because I said it and then it's a thing which has absolutely zero bearing in reality. But so whatever, I'm not even going to give it too much time, but the story is that Brittany's locked up somewhere against her will and people know about it, but it's not being reported. And apparently, according to this ridiculous story, her father, who almost died, basically, is the one who has her locked up and had meds or something. And then I got people asking me, you know, have I heard? Is this true? What do I think? I, I don't think anything. I think I, I I have zero idea. How could I possibly know? How could anybody know? And I just don't trust anything. I just don't trust anything anymore. You know, um, 
even when I blogged, um, I never tried to purport anything that I shared or I commented on or reported as the God's honest truth, unless it's something that I knew firsthand. Um, you know, we, we don't, we can't know and we may never know. And that's okay. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to know everyone's entire personal life. Um, I'm just going to say, I just hope that whatever is going on, if she's away on a vacation or if she's getting, you know, treatment or whatever, I just want her to be happy. I hope she's happy. I wish her nothing but the best, but nothing, the speculation of, of what may or may not be, is it going to help the situation? People wringing their hands and free Britney and all this other hashtag free Britney bullshit is not going to help anything. Like it, these kinds of things are so ridiculous and people are so ridiculous even in in the fact that they want to be helpful and they want they you know out of you know they they love her so much that they want to get the word out to try and help her none of this will help anyone do anything other than spread misinformation and probably outright lies you know apparently there's a podcast devoted to this unveiling the truth of what's going on you know, cool. Do your thing. I, I don't. I really don't give a shit. I have zero interest in listening to anything like that. Um, I'm not interested in sh- in reposting these kinds of ridiculous stories. Um, the 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 thing that I do want to speak out about is uh, my friends uh, Bradley Stern and T Kyle, who are uh, bloggers, writers in New York. They've been doing this podcast called uh, It's Britney Bitch, which I highly recommend. I, actually, this It's Britney Bitch, that podcast, is the podcast that actually got me into podcasts. And I mentioned before, like, I'm not really a big podcast person. I don't have a lot of time. But these guys do such a great job with their podcast. And it's done with humor, but it's really done with love, like, true love of Britney and her music and her you know, legacy in her life. Like they, they are real, real fans. They really, really care. And they really do want to do, um, everything that they put out is in service of, you know, their love and affection for her and her art. So these guys do a podcast that I can't recommend enough. Each episode is a year, a year in Britney's career for the first 20 years. Um, and then, you know, they're figuring out how they're going to continue forward now that they've gone through all of her years. They've talked about, you know, their latest episode is about what has gone on, where she's been and all this kind of stuff. And uh, they also are very clear about the fact that it's speculation that they don't know. You know, Bradley has sources and he trusts his sources, and, but he will only report stuff that he knows to be true. And he is really a really big champion of shooting down rumors that he thinks are complete bullshit. So in the wake of this, uh, you know, this latest rumor that Britney's being locked up somewhere and this free Britney podcast or whatever it's called, um, they've issued a statement. <laughs> Podcasters issuing statements. This is the world we live in right now. They've issued a statement because I'm sure they've been inundated with just a shit ton of, you know, questions of like, what's going on? Do you know the, t- what's the tea? Uh, what's going on? You know, because they are like a voice in, in Britney news right now. And their statement is essentially, we don't know anything and we don't want to, um, 
add fuel to the fire of of this stuff that's going on. I think they mentioned that the the latest reports are ridiculous or at least unfounded and they want to have nothing to do with it. So they're not you know they're not doing a podcast about it. They're going to relax for a little bit until there's actually actual news to report before they come back with their next episode and I can't even tell you how much I respect them for 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 this. This is the thing that real fans do. Real fans rely on facts rely on the truth and have no interest in spreading misinformation just because it, they know that it'll get people talking. These, these ridiculous, crazy stories, unfounded stories, get a lot of attention because of how ridiculous and crazy they are. And they don't help anything. If anything, they make things worse. So I have zero interest in, in adding fuel to that fire. Um, the It's Britney Bitch podcast guys have zero interest, and that's all I need to know, and that's all I need to say about that craziness. Um, so that was last Friday. Last Saturday was Record Store Day, one of my favorite days of the year. Um, I'm a big vinyl fan. I'm a big music fan, obviously, but I'm a big fan of vinyl. I love collecting vinyl. And uh, Record Store Day is one of my favorite days because, as you may or may not know, it is a day when um, independent record stores around the world are uh, given the ability to sell um, limited edition, one-time only, or color reissued um, vinyl releases on one day only, one per person, so that means there's big competition for the things and you got to wait in line to get them. And if, if, you, if you don't get them, you have to resort to third-party resellers on eBay and all this kind of stuff. But that's the not fun part of Record Store Day. The fun part of Record Store Day is that independent record stores around the world are filled with fan, with people who want to spend their money at a business um, in order to help keep independent record stores going. And I love that. I do my best to spend money when I can at independent record stores, big and small, no matter where in the world I may be, because I love record stores. I think record stores are such an important thing to hold on to, to try and keep going. They will not last forever. The music industry has changed considerably in the past 20 years, in the past 10 years, in the past five years. Um, so anything that, that, that helps keep independent record stores going, I'm a fan of it. So, um, and, you know, I also want to buy and own these limited edition vinyl releases. This year, um, my list wasn't very long, thankfully. Some years there's like, 15, 20 records that I want to buy and other years there are less. But this year, there were really only three things that I really, really had to have. Top on my list was The Crow soundtrack. Um, the soundtrack to The Crow movie from 1994, which has some of my favorite bands on them, mostly doing covers. Nine Inch Nails does a cover of Lost Souls by Joy Division. Dead Souls by Joy Division. Um, and it's one of my favorite records of all time. And now that it's out on vinyl, I have to have it. And, uh, number two on my list, um, is the soundtrack to Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation is one of my favorite movies. 
um, also one of my favorite soundtracks. Uh, and you know, it's just something that, and again, something that I love so much that I have to have. And the third thing on my list, must have list, was is the um, it's a cassette tape by Prince called the Versace Experience. And it's a tape that was, I guess it was a promo tape that was released in the late 90s, I want to say. Yeah, it was late 90s before the Gold Experience album came out, where Prince, uh, I guess he was the music for a Versace fashion show, and he put together this tape to give out at the show, and it was very, very limited. Like, this is a thing that you couldn't, you couldn't find anywhere. Of course, it had been bootlegged, and you could download it, you know, bootleg copies, but the actual tape itself was impossible to find. And for Record Store Day, um, the Versace experience was reissued on cassette tape. So those were the three things I had to have. And then there were other things that I, w- I would have loved to have gotten. Um, a Wax Tracks compilation. Um, there is a, a 10-inch single for pop music by M, one of my favorite pop songs from the, the, the 80s. Um, so anyways, so I go to Amoeba. Amoeba is my favorite independent record store in the world, probably. And it's the biggest one here in Los Angeles. And it's one of the biggest, I believe, in the country. It's, it's a big-ass store. It's my, my favorite record store. Um, and I go to Amoeba every year because even though it's the biggest and it's the most popular, which means so many people are also going to Amoeba and waiting in line, um, but they get the most stock. You know, smaller stores will get one or two of a, of, an, of a release. And if you don't get there and one or two in line and you don't get them, you don't get them. Amoeba will get like 15 or 20. So even though it's not a lot, you have a better chance of getting what you want based on who's in line in front of you. And I tend to show up around the same time every year. This year I got there around six in the morning. The store didn't open till 10. And I was kind of far back in line. People had spent the night there, and I'm never going to be the number one person in line. That's never going to be me for a concert or for concert tickets or for uh, an in-store meet and greet. Like, that's never going to be me. Even in my heyday when I would camp out and I would show up early, um, I would never be first. You know, I think the closest in line of something like that I've ever been in is, like, in the top 20, maybe the top 10. Um, But... I don't need to be first in line. I just want to get there early enough to get what I want to get or to, you know, get in to a venue or something. So I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a great place in line, but hope springs eternal with these sorts of things. And I was hoping that there were less goths in line in front of me going for the Crow soundtrack or for these, the, the things that I wanted than, um... I was hoping there were less people interested in those things in line in front of me so that I would be able to get what I wanted. Um... Uh, a friend of mine, an uh, acquaintance of mine, Jessica, she uh, got there right around the time that I did, so we hung out in line together. And waiting in these kinds of lines with a friend really makes the time go by so much faster. Um, when you're by yourself, it seems endless, but she and I talked f- most of the time. We made friends with the lady behind us who was a big Hillary Clinton supporter, so love loved her. Shout out to that lady. Um, so, you know, we passed our time, we got in, and... I am happy to say that I got two of my top three, but I missed out on the Crow soundtrack, which was a bummer, but 
I managed to find it on eBay, and thankfully, I was able to... I mean, okay, I paid double for it on eBay because that's essentially what you have to do. Sometimes it's not double. Sometimes it's just like $10 more or $20 more or something. Uh, but this time I had to pay double. And I'm actually very glad that that's the case because once I, I got my my copy and, you know, the deal was done, it's already on its way to me. Hopefully it'll arrive, if not today, tomorrow. Um the record is just not there just aren't a lot of copies of it selling online or on eBay so right after I you know I I paid like 80 bucks for it double the 40 um but then it was going for 90 100 150 I saw a 200 dollar one and I'm like shit like I'm glad because I am a fool and when I get desperate I'll resort to desperate measures so I could see very you know, in a very real way that I could have ended up spending 120 bucks on this record, but thankfully I didn't have to pay that much. I I paid enough. Double is enough for me. Um, so I did end up getting all of my record store day wants. I got the Lost in Translation soundtrack at Amoeba. I got the cassette tape. Of the three things that I thought I might not get, the cassette tape was the one that I thought I was going to miss out on. So I'm very, very glad that I got the cassette tape because the cassette tape is going for over $100 on eBay. And uh, as much as I love prints and um, I try to buy everything that I can, um, I would not have paid double or triple or north of $100 for this cassette tape. It's The cassette tape is really something just to have. I have a small, tiny Walkman and a small, tiny cassette player, but, like, I'm never going to listen to it. Like, I, I'll just download it and listen to it that way, digitally. Um, whereas my records, I play my records. I love listening to my records. I love the tactileness of playing a record, opening the the gatefold sleeve or reading the liner notes or, you know, whatever, or the colored vinyl and flipping it, you know, midway through. Like, I love listening to, to vinyl records. Cassette tapes, not so much. So the whole cassette tapes, trying to make them a thing, that's not going to work on me. I know that there are people who are collecting cassette tapes and they, they love the low fineness of it. Um, not me. But I'm glad I did get the, the Prince tape because it's something that it's definitely worth having. And um, I'm glad that I got it. Um, the other thing that happened on record store day was that Madonna announced that she has a new song and a new album on the way. So on Saturday, we first learned that Madonna, the next era of Madonna is going to revolve around her persona, Madam X. So on Instagram, she's been teasing something, 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 the letter X, the letter X. And then on Saturday, it was she announced that she will become Madame X. And Madame X, she says, is a spy, is a housewife, is a politician, is a prostitute, is a freedom fighter. It's this every woman type of character who uh, will make up the persona that she is for the next era, which is so on brand for Madonna. You know, Madonna is the material girl. Um, during the, the sex era, she was Dita, the dominatrix. Um, you know, she, she is the ever reinvention of Madonna is, is something that we, we love to have. Um, if you're a Madonna fan, 
you have to be all about this Madame X thing because whether it's good or not, it's definitely something that we expect Madonna, uh, something from Madonna to do. And I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, the last Madonna record that I really, really, really love is Confessions on the Dance Floor. Um, her album from 2005 was very, you know, disco influenced, um, it's just a perfect album for me and it's like in my opinion her last great album everything since then has been just okay you know rebel heart her last album was honestly not a it was i wouldn't say it's a disappointment it wasn't a disappointment for me but it just wasn't i didn't love it all you know there's some things on it that i really loved but most of it i just felt like it's just okay um that's the album that the release was just a terrible terrible horribly handled the whole album leaked weeks before the record was supposed to and all the demos leaked and then you know once the real album was released i thought a lot of the demos sounded better than the actual album tracks and it just was a mess the 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 rollout for that record was just a mess um it so far it looks like this is being handled much much better nothing has leaked yet um so in addition to the announcement that Madame X is coming, that that character is coming, then uh, we learned a day or two later that Madonna's first single, Mendelin, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, it's, which is the name of a Colombian city, th- that song will feature um, Maluma as the guest uh, performer on it, this Colombian singer, I guess he's like, a big deal down there. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know everything. And, and that, that guy, I don't know much about. I mean, I've heard of him obviously, and I've heard some of his music, but I, I really don't know. You know, it's kind of like, he, he's apparently a massive, massive star. So he and Madonna on her first single from this new record, uh, which is being released today, actually, Um, if I'm, it's after 9am here. So the song I believe was released at 9am. So when I'm finished with this, I'm going to hear that song and then I'll have a week for it to marinate and I'll probably talk about it next week. Um, about what I think about Madonna's new song. So, so that, so, okay. So my Adam X was announced. Then it was announced that the first single was coming out on April 17th with this guest performer. And then yesterday, Apple Music leaked either intentionally or accidentally, they leaked the full track list of the record. So the full track list, uh, the uh, deluxe edition has 15 songs, the standard edition has 12 songs, the, the album art was leaked both for standard and deluxe. So, you know, it's full on Madonna's back mode here. And again, I haven't heard the song yet, so I'll have to hear the song first and then we'll see I'll, you know, I'm sure I'll have something to talk about then the album is due out June 17th I want to say I don't have the date right in front of me but it's in June the album comes out in June so a new era of Madonna is upon us which means a new world tour I'm sure and, and we'll see we'll see um, I love Madonna Madonna is life to me everything I love about pop music you know Madonna's at the core of it so I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come. And, but again, like I said, I want to be cautiously optimistic because, you know, I have a lot of opinions about 
Madonna's music in the last few years and, and the whys, and, or my opinion of the why or why not. I love it. Um, but Madonna is an icon. Madonna is one of the most important musical artists alive of my lifetime, of my generation. And uh, so new Madonna it's coming. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, what else? Oh, the weekend. So that was my Saturday record store day and Madonna mania. And then on Sunday, I just chilled out. I stayed home, um, did laundry and watched a lot of TV. The big TV on Sunday was game of Thrones. The new episode, the premiere episode of the eighth and final season, uh, aired on Sunday night, but leading up to the game of Thrones return, um, I finished watching the first season of Now Apocalypse on Stars, which is a new Greg Araki story. And if you know anything about Greg Araki, uh, his shit is weird. And this was a cute show. It was cute. It was a little messy and ridiculous, but, you know, I liked it. I, either you love Greg Araki or you don't. And if you love Greg, Greg Araki, you probably liked Now Apocalypse. If you don't or don't know him, you probably thought it was weird and you may not have liked it. But, you know, it was very gay-friendly and a little sexy. There was, like, alien abductions and alien sex or something. I, I, I couldn't even tell you, honestly, what the premise of the series of the show will be or what the series will be. But the first season was about this guy, gay guy, and his straight roommate and their... The, the struggles they have with dating in LA and then their friends and then you throw in alien conspiracies and alien sex and that's now apocalypse so whatever it was fun it was worth watching um, then I got caught up with American Gods which is also on stars and American Gods is a series that is the adaptation of the Neil Gaiman book American Gods which I read and loved love so much uh, Neil Gaiman is my favorite author, my favorite living author, my favorite fictional author. Um, fiction author. He's not a fictional man. He actually exists. He's my favorite fiction author. And uh, American Gods had its season one premiere two years ago, uh, 2017. And I loved it. I thought it was such a great adaptation of the book. Um, but they're going to tell the whole book's narrative over three seasons. So the first season I loved. And then for whatever reason, the show did not return in 2018. Um, but it did return with second season this year. So, so act one was first season act two is this season and stars does not release, uh, all of their episodes all at the same time, like Netflix does it's episodic. So weekly, so I got caught up with the first six episodes and I'm just really, really impressed with how well this series has turned out. It's really honestly um, true to the book and the, the changes that have been made um, since the book's publication for the times, like they've, they've changed some things and added some characters and changed some characters due to like the narrative of like how technology has advanced now, which is a huge component of the story old old gods versus new gods um handled really really well um brian fuller i believe is the showrunner on american gods and uh it's just a great show i cannot recommend it enough um 
yeah, loved, love, love, love American Gods. And there's still a few more episodes to go, so I still have more American Gods to look forward to, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, Killing Eve is also a new show that I'm super into. Last year, my three favorite shows were, favorite new shows were Killing Eve, uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina um, on Netflix, and uh, Pose on FX. And Sabrina, second season already came out, and I loved, loved every second of it. Um, Maybe, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll talk about Sabrina at some point, but loved that show. All caught up on that show. Um, Killing Eve, first season last year, loved it. I can't even tell you how much I loved it. Such a smart, sexy, funny spy show. I guess it's a spy thriller. It's drama, but it's funny. And Sandra Oh, to me, is a revelation. Like, I know, apparently, she's fantastic on Grey's Anatomy, but Grey's Anatomy is not my thing. So I never really paid attention to her. I mean, I, it's I just because I just never watched that show. So Sandra Oh in Killing Eve is fantastic. Oh, my God, so good. And um, I, I don't know the name of the actress who she plays opposite, but the character Villanelle she is also a fantastic, fantastic actress, and just Killing Eve, man, such a good show. I recommend this to everybody. I really wouldn't recommend, like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch to everybody, because, you know, all the faux Satanism in there might turn a lot of people off, Um, but something like Killing Eve, it's just a really good show, so I cannot recommend that enough. So, yeah, so I got caught up on Killing Eve. Um, The show... Season two premiered uh, two weeks ago, and then second episode was on Sunday. So uh, second episode just as good as the first episode, and the second season looks like it's turning out to be just as good as the first season. So, so it was TV, TV, TV for me all day leading up to the return of Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones, you know, whether you love it or you hate it, whether you watch it or you don't, you cannot deny it's everywhere. And for the better part of the last 10 years, it's been the show that everyone has watched. And now that it's ending, people have a lot of feelings about it. And, uh, you know, Game of Thrones was just, everybody watched Game of Thrones last Sunday night. Um, I thought it was a very perfect episode. Um, A lot of callbacks to the first episode ever, which I thought was very smart. Um, It was surprisingly funny. There were some very humorous you know, if you're in the joke, if you get it, you get it jokes, which I loved. And there were some new, um, information and some scary bits. So it was just a perfect episode for me. And I'm glad because there are only five episodes left before the entire series is over. And there really isn't time for bullshit. Like it all has to be good. And if last week's episode is any indication, this final season is going to be so, so good. Um, So, while everyone was watching um, Game of Thrones on Sunday night, the brilliant people out there who make all of the best memes in, in, in existence were hard at work, and in the days since, really, really, really funny memes have been, have made their way, and I love memes and I share them from time to time, but there were just too many really good Game of Thrones memes for me not to share them, so I've been having a lot of fun with uh, the return and forthcoming ending of Game of Thrones and all the meme-worthy moments that came from the season 8 premiere episode. So, 
good times, good times. That was, <laughs> that was a fun, relaxing day. You know, I love to go out and do stuff. And as, as if any of you follow me on social media, you know, it looks like I'm always at a concert or I'm always at a dance party or I'm always doing this. Um, it's not the case. Like social media does tend to make it seem that way, but I do like to spend downtime at home and, uh, Sunday was a good downtime day for me. Laundry and television on the couch was a great day. Uh, Monday, Monday was, the news of the day on Monday was uh, the Cathedral Notre Dame in Paris caught fire and had considerable damage done to it. I don't know yet that they know what caused the fire, but there have been renovations in the area and they think that maybe that's that's what caused the fire. But, uh, the roof and the spire uh, and the back of Notre Dame were lost. And at, at one point, it was really honestly believed that the whole structure might be lost. But the firefighters managed to get it out. And uh, they managed to save the most important artifacts inside the church from being lost, which is great. And, you know, this whole Notre Dame thing has got me feeling a few different ways. On the one hand, it's horrible that a building with such history suffered such damage, and having been to Paris a few times, I always make a point to go see Notre Dame and stand in front of it and just marvel at its beauty. I've been inside, obviously, and I think I have a rosary from Notre Dame somewhere. Just, like, you know, I'm not a... Of course I'm not a a religious person, and I'm not even going to get into my whole thoughts on Christianity or Catholicism, but... In terms of, like, historical importance, Notre Dame is a very important building. Um, So, yes, very sad. But then, you know, as, again, I always say we just can't have good things. Um, You know, donations started coming in, talking about, you know, these billionaires have devoted millions and millions of dollars to the restoration and to the rebuilding of Notre Dame, which is really great. And in the matter of hours, over a billion dollars was raised for um, the repairing of of Notre Dame. And the first thing I can think about is like, if within hours, a billion dollars can be raised for a building, why can't that money be raised for like starving people in, in the rest of the world? You know, there are people dying right now who have nothing. You know, like, a dollar would change their lives. And and it's just so weird. It's just so weird and unfair. But life is weird and unfair. Here in this country, we have cities like Flint, Michigan, who have poison water. Literal poison water coming out of their faucets. And this country will do nothing to help them. We have people dying in Puerto Rico who are still suffering from a hurricane that happened last year and our government will do nothing for them. And and then, you know, I think I read today that our, our government, our shitty asshole president is going to devote money to the restoration of, of Notre Dame, which already has a billion dollars that they're going to use to fix, you know, this building. Um, and it's just like, man... You know, in my opinion, fucked up priorities. You know, the Catholic Church is one of the richest institutions on the planet. And, you know, I don't worry about Notre Dame being restored. 
whether these billionaires were going to donate or not, whether governments are going to donate or not, I, I, it never once dawned on me, even for a second, that Notre Dame would not be restored to its glory, probably made better with even more gold or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's hard to be like, yay, all these people stepping up to donate money for a building when in my opinion, there are way more important things and much more suffering in the world, like actual human beings dying that should be paid attention to or should be helped. And it it just won't, that, that just won't happen. So Notre Dame, very sad that it caught on fire. Uh, I am very happy and have full confidence that it'll be restored. And, uh, Notre Dame itself and the Catholic Church is going to have way more money than they used to. So, you know, good for them, I guess. I don't know. But that was, you know, the story everyone talked about. And then next week, no one's going to give a shit about Notre Dame anymore. So there you go. Um, That was the news on Monday. And then yesterday... Um, in addition to like more news about Madonna and the track listing and the album leak or the uh, album cover release and all of that, um, the news of the day yesterday uh, was that ten minutes of footage of Avengers Endgame was leaked online, and of course, a week ahead of a movie's release, people are going to be interested in in the leaking of any information. And I am not a spoiler person. Like, I don't love spoilers. I love going into a movie and being actual surprised and and seeing the information for the first time as it's meant to be seen. So I don't really need to rush out and see spoilers in order to, you know, be happy. But I know some people do. But I will tell you, the more I heard about the leak the more I was like, maybe I should just take a peek. But I didn't. I, I, I didn't. At the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I can wait a week. I'm going to wait a week and not worry about it. Um, I'm sure that the video has been scrubbed from online as best as it can. I'm sure it's out there if, if you want to find it. But, but don't. Uh, you know, my opinion is don't. If you really care about these movies, or, and even if you don't, just wait, you know, like, knowing before everyone else what's going to happen, it really isn't going to make your life better. I mean, maybe you'll get some sense of satisfaction, and if you really need to do that, then by all means, do what you got to do. But I just think it's more fun to be part of, of, uh, you know, just watch the movie the way it's supposed to be. You know, we spent 10 years with these movies. 10 years of all these Marvel movies leading up to this big grand finale. You know, do you really want to waste all that by watching 10 minutes of shitty cam footage with like subtitle, you know, it's blurry and you don't really, what did he say? What, you know, like, come on, like just go to the movies, you know, buy your popcorn, go with your friends, go by yourself, do whatever, get a nice comfy seat and watch the movie. You know, like I have my ticket for opening night next Thursday night at 9.30. My butt will be in a seat at my local AMC with my popcorn and and uh, and soda in hand. And I am very excited for, for that to happen. Um, so I don't need to to watch this 10 minutes of, of, of 
leaked footage to make my life better. Of course, I'm curious. And after I see the movie, I'll probably seek it out and be like, oh, this is the part that everyone was freaking out about. Um, but nah, I'm, I'm cool with, with waiting. So next week, uh, Avengers Endgame hits theaters. So that will be, that will be something to talk about. Not this crappy leak. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the week. That's pretty much the week as I see it and as I saw it and my two cents about the news of each day, Um, the news first thing this morning was that Beyonce released a surprise live album. I think it's called Homecoming, uh, which is to coincide with the documentary, um, film that she's releasing on Netflix that, uh, is either behind the scenes documentary of live performance footage from her Coachella performance. Um, so that Netflix documentary is out. I'm sure I'll watch it within the coming week. And um, the surprise album. So so today I'll probably be listening for Madonna's new song and Beyonce's new album. And I will have opinions on those and a whole week's worth of news of the day um, to talk about next week. So yeah, that's that's it. That's my first week's Pink is the New Podcast podcast. We'll see if uh, if uh, anyone ends up hearing this at any point. I'm going to post, you know, I'm going to save this and publish it and um, see, see what happens. So at some point, once I get a few of these recorded, I think I'm going to do a better job of like telling everyone to listen. But I think I want to record a few, put them up, live with them for a little bit and see how they go before I tell the world to listen and get the feedback that I undoubtedly will get. So, so yeah, this has been uh, me, Trent Venegas, talking about uh, the events of the last week. Um, you know, if you've listened this far, you know there have been no sound effects, no, <laughs> no bells and whistles, no transitions. I'm still figuring this out. Uh, but if you've listened to me talk for the past 58 minutes, um, kudos to you. Thanks for doing that. And, uh, whether or not these podcasts get better or not remains to be seen, but yeah, like that, there we go. There we go. So have a great week. I will hopefully be back again next week with a whole other week's worth of stuff to talk about and I'll see you then. Okay, bye.